What's up, guys? We are back a day late. Um, I think um, we were we were banking on more stuff coming out on Monday. And to be fair, stuff did come out on Monday. Um, it wasn't quite as eventful as we were planning on it being, but you know, that's why God invented second podcasts in the week. So we'll we'll hit that uh, later. But we got plenty of stuff to talk about. Um, I guess we will probably briefly touch on the game that Ohio State played last week. <laughs> or on, on last week yeah. on Saturday, the one two days ago. Um, but I mean, we we got lots of Michigan stuff to hop into. I'm I'm pretty excited about this pod. I I'm feeling vindicated on several fronts, and uh, you know, I think it's just a, the beginning of a banger week. I I'm gonna go ahead and push this out tonight, which is Monday night. So just a little disclaimer oh, yeah. for anybody who might be listening to this Tuesday when there's a chance all hell breaks loose at like seven 30 in the morning on Tuesday. Not my problem. This has been up already. So um, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're, we're just chilling for now. And if, and if all hell does break loose, the premium podcast will be out. We're recording that Wednesday night. So you'll get that. Uh, it, we're, you're not too far away. We're never Wednesday too far at the latest. Yeah. We, we might yes. have to go into emergency pod mode, but we'll, we'll see for sure. For sure. We'll play it by ear. Um, yeah. But uh, speaking of, if you want to listen to our premium podcast and read our premium articles, and get access to the message board where the guys are going absolutely fucking nuts over this. That has officially become the longest thread in meet at midfield history. Um, you can subscribe to our website, meet at midfield.com. Uh, the code cheating, I believe is still active. I think I still have that one up. Um, I initially tabbed it at 19% off for the 19 vacated wins. Jim Harbaugh will face when this is all over. Yep. Uh, I may have to expand that code. When this is all resolved. We'll see. That is true. Uh, but for now, <laughs> yeah, for now, for now, it's 19% uh, for life forever. Um, so like I said, we have premium podcasts for this one and flipping the field, our national podcast. I do with Patrick Mayhorn. We have all kinds of premium articles from you, me, Patrick, our good friend, Taylor Fulton on the Michigan beat. Uh, we have uh, the message boards, which again, have been going bonkers. The, uh, the board was buzzing all day on Saturday. The Ohio State thread, I think, never goes below like 600 or 700 posts at yeah. this point. Uh, it's kind of just like the baseline, especially if they look bad at all, as they did against Rutgers. And look, well, Kyle McCord's quarterback, we can guarantee you longer threads. Um, <laughs> it's good for business. It's good so for business. It's, it's good for business. Yeah, so come on down to the board. Uh, come sign up. Come join us. It is a great time. And get more podcasts like this one. So, um, Kevin, after hawking our product here, um, which piece of news of the day do you want to start with? Do you want to talk about should, uh, should should we briefly talk about the actual game? I think we should talk about talk about Rutgers. That first, briefly. yeah. Okay. I think we should get that out of the way. Um, you guys can just go ahead and skip the hit the skip button if you guys want to, you know, get to the juice. But we're we're <laughs> we're going to talk about this game because there's a few things that we should hit on. Um, I think the first is probably Kyle McCord. Um, yeah, man. What what I know you were pretty heated on Twitter about Kyle McCord. Tell me, just unload on, on Kyle McCord. He just unfortunately sucks, uh, is the answer. I recognize the stats. <laughs> the stats aren't that bad. I do understand that. Like if you I'm pulling them up right now here. Uh I mean 65% completion percentage on the year. Uh he's averaging what is it per attempt? Uh something, I mean, I don't know, like nine yards an attempt. He's not the worst quarterback in the world. I think he actually ranks like ninth in QBR nationally right now. However, like watching him play, do you get the sense he is a top 10 quarterback in America and you watch him play football in this offense? See, so I, I have this conundrum. Like, I don't know how much of it is. I don't know how I, the answer is no, to be clear. Like the answer is no. But I don't know how much of that is just my Ohio State bias of what a quarterback is slash should be entering my mind. Because like at the same time, I do watch a couple, like a few just bummer programs. Like would I take Kyle McCord over Drew Aller? Yeah. Like I, there, there, there's several, there are several quarterbacks that like, that's not to say that I couldn't easily come up with like 20 to 30 quarterbacks off the top of my head that I would rather have than Kyle McCord. But I could easily come up with like 30 that I absolutely would want Kyle McCord over like would I take him over Sam Hartman yeah um like most of the quarterbacks Ohio State's played this year like it's not even a question and I think I think I think he's actually right on the Sam Hartman line sorry to to interrupt you but like 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 the Mendoza line the the Sam Hartman line that's what we're calling it now the Sam Hartman line for years like is a quarterback yeah the Hartman line is like is a quarterback good enough for a legitimate power five team to make a playoff run with him starting. 
I mean, you could call it the Stetson Bennett line. That's not fair to Stetson Bennett, who played on the he greatest won. team of all time and also played really well in big games for Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he won two titles. No, I, I, I love, uh, I love that. The Sam Hartman line. That's why it was so funny to get like when Notre Dame yeah. added him. We're getting a little off the rails here, but like it was so funny when Notre Dame added Sam Hartman because to me, he is like the baseline. Like you could maybe win a title with Sam Hartman as your quarterback. And they were like celebrating it like it's like a huge win. And it's like, no, like that is like, the bare minimum that you could need like you you would have to have like the best team ever outside of that and you you know he's not going to ruin a national title for you is kind of the line but i I'd, i venture to say that mccord is a little bit above that line um i i think i would comfortably take him over sam hartman i think his ceiling is higher than sam hartman's ceiling um you know i i don't know and, and it also depends on if you're talking about first half kyle mccord or second half kyle mccord because Second half Kyle McCord is one in the Heisman. Yeah, second half Kyle McCord is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. He did it again. He went what seven of seven in the uh, in the second half. Yesterday, I think it was seven but, of nine, but they didn't they didn't pass the ball a lot. They rode Travion Henderson, which we'll talk about. In well, yeah, I wonder why they didn't pass that much. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> I guess my beef is just that like what he's doing now is acceptable enough, right? Like yeah. it's not going to lose you a game to the teams they're currently playing. Uh-huh. Um, however, it also pretty clearly also, by the way, I was just curious because I was checking, uh, sorry to interrupt myself, but his completion percentage over the last, uh, the last six games, Notre Dame and onwards uh, is actually one spot above Sam Hartman's. That's hilarious. Um, he, <laughs> he is so directly just above the same Hartman just, line. He is just above the Hartman line. Yeah. Um, but no, like the, the problem is like with his slow starts in the first half with these errant passes, you know, a lot of which he said, not a lot. He's had a few get picked off, not a critical amount, but you see the problems of like the way he seems to be getting worse at this stuff. I don't know if we want to put out his ankle or just him getting nerves or whatever you want to call it. But like he's playing worse as the year goes on to me. Um, which is weird because his protection seems to be getting better too, which is really, yeah, he's kind of having a bell curve season where like he started really shitty then he got pretty good there for a minute and now he's tailing off again. And I think he's not seen the field very well. He still has anticipation problems. He's still just like, man, the deep ball, he is not good enough with it. He does not have the feel for it. Yeah. He is constantly under throwing a deep ball, throwing to the wrong spot. Um, People can point out drop issues, and they do have some some drop problems. But every team in college football has drop problems. Like it is not a statistically significant factor that I think limits his performance that much. It just happens. It's it's college football, right? It's not you're not throwing. You have one guy who's a, a clear top ten pick. The other guy has been hurt a lot and on a pitch count last week. And you know you're not throwing to a lot of guys who are going to go make ten million dollars on Sundays. Yeah. Um, he just. I don't think he's good enough rep to rep, man. I think the way he plays in the first half, if he does that against the Michigan, against the Georgia, uh, against, I don't know, Florida State, he can lose them a game before it starts because of how bad he plays early on in games. Yeah, and I, I agree with that in in a way. Um, I also tend to think that he is good enough this year when you have Travion Henderson, when you have Marvin Harrison Jr., when you allegedly have Ameka Ibuka, um, even Cade Stover. Like in that offense, I think like at the end of the day, like I think Ohio State can win a national title this season with Kyle McCord. What terrifies me is he's sticking around for multiple seasons. And next season, I'm not as convinced that it's going to be fine because Travion Henderson isn't going to be there. Marvin Harrison Jr. isn't going to be there. Cade Stover is not going to be there. I assume Emeka Abuka is not going to be there. Um, you know, like that's that's where it becomes a concern for me. And like, I'm worried that he's in, I had, this is a little bit of an exaggeration, but like, it's almost putting Ohio state in like quarterback purgatory situation where it's like, I know damn well that Kyle McCord on next year's team is not going to be good enough to put Ohio state in contention to win a national title. But has he been bad enough that you bench him for like a true freshman that's coming in? Like, you know, it's, 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 it's that sort of question next year. I do think this year, I know that you probably disagree. I do think this year with what Ohio state has, he is good enough. If he has, you know, strings together a couple like decent to good games, like he could lead Ohio state to a national title. I don't think it's going to happen next year. And that's what terrifies me. Yeah. I, I, 
Look, quarterbacks always improve, right? We spent a lot of time in this podcast last year ragging on J.J. McCarthy because of how bad he sucked. And he yeah. is pretty clearly a, a top-five quarterback in college football this year um, or somewhere around there. But you want to call him top seven. I don't know. I'd probably call him top five. He's in that ballpark. Quarterbacks do get better, right? They develop. Jaden Daniels was pretty shitty early on at, at Arizona State when he was a freshman. Mm-hmm. But I guess the problem for me is, like, Kyle McCord's not an inexperienced quarterback. No. He is a third he's a third year player who is a five star in a system where none of the last four quarterbacks have had trouble in their first year taking on the role in this offense succeeding. Man, I don't know. Like I just see what he's seen on the field a lot of times. I don't understand what he's looking at when he makes yeah. some of these reads. I understand people are like you can always justify it after the fact, man. I don't know. It's just like the kid doesn't seem to have it upstairs. I think that is my my complaint. It's just I don't think his brains are good enough. Um, I don't know. It's mean, but like it's so frustrating to watch him play football. Yeah. It's just like you see what he's leaving on the field all the time. It's almost like that, that Bill Simmons theory of Russell Westbrook. Have you ever heard this? Is like uh, his, his, I think he calls it the 80-20 rule of like every basketball player – puts, you know, whatever, 80% of his game, whatever, on the table. The things he adds to it are very good. The 20% of things he takes off with some players are more tolerable than others, right? Yeah. Like, if you have LeBron James in your team, you know he's going to, like, loaf on defense in his back half of his career for large but stretches. He he ha- just kind of is what adds. it is. Yeah. But what he adds is unbelievable. Like, Russell Westbrook, the things he takes away from the floor, like, just yep. the shots he forces himself, it drives – a lot of fans of basketball fucking insane. And I feel like that's the way I feel about Kyle McCord playing quarterback is the things he does are good enough for me, but the things he takes away drive me fucking crazy. Cause like, it's just like, See, they're the things you need to have a quarterback do in this offense to be successful. Yeah. I, I, I push back against that a little bit because I think he is a very, he's a safe quarterback. Like, I don't think he's doing anything catastrophic either. Um, I mean, I know he's missing passes and like that sets you back, whatever. But like, he th- he had one interception, which was, he has a he's thrown I think four interceptions at, at this point this year. And to yeah, be fair, correct. like he to be fair, like two of three of them are in consecutive weeks, so like that's not great. But um, I think like largely my like the reason why like I kind of like Kyle McCord is he is a high floor guy. Like I don't think. From what he's shown so far, like I know that you're worried about him not making enough plays to like win the game for Ohio State. On the flip side, I don't think he's going to make enough catastrophic plays to lose a game for Ohio State. Now, maybe I'm wrong in that because he has had fumble problems. He takes too many sacks. He's, you know, lately thrown interceptions. Maybe I'm wrong. But like what I like, that is like the, the thing that gives me peace about Kyle McCord is that he seems like a high floor guy, but he is very clearly a low ceiling guy. Like, I don't think it's going to get much better than what we have right now. And again, that's what scares me about the future. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know who I can compare him to for who his ceiling is. It, I'm like, I've like been struggling to think about it. Um, Maybe it is just like a little bit of a better Sam Hartman. Like I think that'd be who he is, Yeah, which I don't know. I was going through people on the boards were posting this week and last week about potential transfer quarterbacks go out there and get and looking at, you know, Michael Pratt and Riley Leonard and all these guys. And like, I think the problem is there are like four or five quarterbacks that I think actually theoretically in some world you could induce into the portal and go get. And they're all like, yeah, they're a slight upgrade on him, but like not enough that I do it. But and like that, like oh. again, it's it's a it's a purgatory situation because the same thing is going to happen. Like I think Aaron Noland is going to be clearly better than Kyle McCord. I know he hasn't been as good this season as he has in um, last season, at least. But I think he's clearly has more upside than Kyle McCord. But I don't think there's a shot in hell that that kid's going to be ready to play as a true freshman, and you're going to bench. No. You know, like it's it's maybe we get a uh, Cade McNamara, JJ McCarthy situation between uh between Cade and, and Devin. And not that I think Devin's that good either, but maybe yeah. he, I don't know. Someone has to make a fucking leap. I guess it's the thing. You have three quarterbacks who are multiple years in the room next year, uh, all of whom are big time talents. Someone has to make a leap. Someone has to be better than this. Yeah, um, I, I guess like th- this sucks, man. This really sucks to say, but like 
maybe somebody like Kyle McCord gets injured next year or something and it just forces somebody like thrusts somebody in there. I don't know. It's just like the like I just don't see anybody beating him out in in spring camp or something like that. Like I feel like he's like he's not going to lose the job because even in games like he's not playing bad enough to get benched or to lose like even this game. He finished the game with what like a 70% completion percentage for two touchdowns like He's he has not like this entire season has not played bad enough to get benched. The the closest he's gotten is um against Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin when Devin Brown was not available. So it's like, well, you know, you're not even gonna get your chance there. And Indiana at the beginning of the season, and they did put Devin Brown in and he sucked. So like I I just like I can't see him getting benched. I just I I can't see it happening. The only thing that would like it would have to be like a Justin Fields situation. Like if Nico from from Tennessee or something like that decided to like transfer and play for Ryan Day instead of at Tennessee, like something like that where a guy's like on the bench. I know people are going to be wanting to call for Arch Manning. I do not want Arch Manning over. No, I don't want Arch Court Manning. Uh, so like, Dante Moore, I don't even know. He had his own inter- issues with interceptions this season. Yeah. I still take Dante Moore. Yeah. I would. I would. <laughs> it, it would have to be something like that where a guy like is – you know, facing a situation where he's not going to start immediately has already kind of sat a year and kind of sees the writing on the wall. And is like, well, you know, I could go start at Ohio state immediately. Like that's the only situation I can imagine. But again, like this is a guy who, I mean, he's going to win 11 games at Ohio state this year at the least, you know, like he's not losing the next few games and he has a chance to beat Michigan to, you know, like there's, there's just, are you going to bench a guy that, if he comes out, I know they're Michigan, not going. That's the thing is, all of us hypothetical. They're not going. Yeah, to. That's they're not the going. It's frustrating, and so so that's that's what yeah. makes it frustrating too. Is like, it's just this season, and God, I don't know. It's it's it, it just, just it just adds to the feeling to me. And again, I realize people are going to probably get mad at us for bitching this much about a nine and zero team that chance to go. <laughs> that's what this is. This is what you signed up for. Come it's, on. This, it's yeah, that's what you signed up for. It adds to the feeling of the Ryan Day miasma of nothing ever changes. Like you just see something that drives you fucking crazy, then it stays the same forever. Yeah. Like Parker Fleming's not getting fired this year. He's not going to get, he's going to be on the staff next year. I bet too. Like, why not? I mean, like <laughs> you already have Raiders justifying like how, because they already signed the contract after spend the money, you might as well just keep them on staff in some capacity. Yeah. Like we're still going to have Parker Fleming doing special teams and some kind of analyst role next year. Like, you know, you're going to have Kyle McCord just still throwing the same picks again next season. You're going to, you're going to have the same Mick Marotti trade conditioning problems after 14 starters was at least one game yeah. or something over the course of a season. You're going to have, like it's just nothing is gonna change or improve <laughs> or grow. Yeah. The only hires he changes are defensive coordinators. Uh, whenever like you know he gets be his ass be too bad in a big game, and um, at least that one worked out just, fine. Yeah, that one seems to be working out well. Um, yeah, let's 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 let's, let's switch gears. We we need to get into the Michigan stuff in a second, but I do want to talk about Travion Henderson too, so that we have a positive spin on this. He's game. awesome. He's, he's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like I I mean that was. I think the big question we had last week was like, can he do that twice? You know, because that was the, I don't know, like he had a, he had a big breakout game, whatever. But like, can he do that again against a pretty good defense? And Rutgers is it's a pretty good defense. Um, yeah, he's he's doing great. I think this is the guy that Ohio State thought they were signing. This is the guy that he looked like as a true freshman. And um, you know, this is, I mean, that that is big for this team if Travion Henderson can keep playing like this. Um, like all of a sudden, like. This has looked like a one-dimensional Ohio State team that wasn't even really good at its one dimension in, in the passing game. But all of a sudden, like if you have to fear an Ohio State running game, I think that hypothetically opens up the offense a lot if you have a legitimate threat out of the backfield. So I, I think that's really big going forward. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it is a massive game change, um, and I am really happy to see him doing as well as he does. I also think they should put him under bubble wrap uh, yep. for the next two games. Yep. I think he should have like max 10 carries each of the next two weeks. Yep. Um, if the plan is to save Dallin Hayden's red shirt, yeah, or give it the chips fine. If the plan chips is to save Dallin Hayden's carries. red shirt, yeah, but if the plan is to save Dallin Hayden's red shirt, he's only played two games this year. Uh, you have two more left before Michigan. You could play him in both. And look, if you need the guy against Michigan, then it's worth burning the red shirt for. Yep. Um, I, I think they can get, get Trey some rest. Get Dallin going a little bit. Get Chip going a little bit. Obviously, Mayan's out for the year. Who cares? Evan Fryer gets some carries, man. Let him touch the rack. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's Michigan State. It, yeah, it's Michigan State. It's Minnesota. Like, let's 
let's just put everything on ice. Let's let uh, let Chip get healthy, <laughs> or sorry, let Trey get healthy. He is healthy right now. Let's let him stay healthy. That's what I'm trying to yeah. say. Um, and just everyone breathe deep. Like, look, he's proved it. I I see it. Uh, I'm good. We know how to do it. We know how to do what we're doing. Yeah. Let Let's just let's just save it for Michigan. Let's not get anyone hurt. I do not trust any McRoddy player staying healthy against contact for three games in a row. I especially don't trust Trey to do that. Yeah, so let's just, just keep him on bubble. He doesn't even need to practice. It's fine. Just no. Just let him yep, go to class. Yeah. Yeah. Let him go watch. Maybe he can even like go watch an opponent's game or something during the bye week. Yeah, um, that's fine. Yeah. Just get it, set him <laughs> up with a disguise, have him sit in the stands, and you're all good. Yeah. Uh no, but he's been fantastic. I mean, he's played two of his best games in Scarlet and Gray back to back. Um, it seems like the running game is really starting to change. Uh, mm-hmm. They are really kind of starting to figure things out there, which is exciting. Obviously, you have to keep it going, right? Uh, it's it's something where you don't want to get overconfident in this because I think while they figured out a lot of the issues, they still have some of these play callings that are not great. Like some of the you saw the short side toss come back again last week. Yeah, um, that was not fun. Uh, but overall, it seems to be very good. Like the extra inclusion of gap run, the lineback stuff is really helping them out. I think Trey is playing his best football ever right now. Let's just keep it going that way. Yeah. Um, what about receiver? I, I mean, we saw a little bit of a Mecca. He played 32 snaps uh, on Saturday. Didn't didn't do a ton, right? Um, I, I thought Julian Fleming, he had, what, he had another drop again. Yeah. Um, he also had a really couple of really nice blocks, which kind of show you why he's in the field. Yeah. Cardinal Tate, pretty happy with Cardinal Tate. Um, he came Cardinal across looking pretty good. I don't know. Xavier Johnson yeah. played a good bit too, um, even if he wasn't necessarily doing a ton. I mean, he had a he had a jet sweep, I believe. Um, that's kind of what he brings. Is the he's he's definitely the um, the slot guy that can also carry the ball or can block for you, whatever. Um, I've been happy with how they've used him. Um, G Scott was uh, played the entire game with Cade Stover out, which was cool. Just another sudden Cade Stover injury. Um, another sudden injury. Yeah, yeah. Gotta so, love that. Uh, but I, I thought I thought G played fine too. Um, he had that awesome uh, touchdown catch. Whatever uh, he had, a I thought he had that one great that. catch and kind of looked like shit. Besides that, was my thing. Yeah, I mean, it, you definitely miss Cade Stover. I think like the other the other issue with um, G. The the issue with G immediately subbing in and like filling in for Stover is that that's not the same position. And so like I think that's like that's the the kind of misunderstanding there too is like I almost would have preferred you to sub in somebody else and, and leave G at that tight end two spot because like suddenly he's basically like doing different things, you know, like especially on plays where there's two tight end sets or he's asked to do something else, like he is not doing the things that he has been doing all year. And I just think it's very different. Um, maybe it's a, it's a peek at what he's going to be next year or whatever, but like, I, I don't know. I, I, I understand why he had to go in and he was like the key replacement for Stover or whatever. But like, I also understand why there was a little bit of struggle too. And like, suddenly he's essentially responsible for all of these blocking things that he's not done all season and probably hasn't really repped all season either. So um, I get yeah. it. Yeah, and he's not good at them either. Like, like there's just no. not a good blocking tight end on Ohio State's roster. Right. Um, which call me crazy might be a coaching <laughs> issue. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but yeah, I mean, he was fine. Oh, he, he he. Look, getting a touchdown catch out of G Scott is more than you ever expect in a G Scott game. Yeah. So I'll take cool. it. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Um. Defense, a lot of obviously a lot of guys out for stretches. Yeah. Josh Proctor got banged up for a second. Obviously, Denzel Burke and, and uh, Ransom, you know, Lathan Ransom didn't play. Um, we saw what several different young guys in there. I mean, Malik Hartford was out there, Trey Matthews was out there, uh, Kai Stokes got some run. Yep. Um, who else want to pull up the snap counts right famously, now? Famously, famously, uh, Cam Martinez did not. I don't know if he got Cam any, Martinez did not, but Kai yeah, Stokes played over Cam Martinez. Which was fantastic. Which cool. And Kelvin Simpson Hunt also showed up on special teams the first time all year. Oh, that's fun. That was kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, they they pretty much they they played 
Hancock and Iggy all game, Matthews virtually a game, Styles all game, and then Hartford came in for Proctor when he was out. Yeah. Um, that kind of three cornerback look was was solid. It's um, seems like they just kind of allowed Styles to play some of Ransom's responsibilities. I mean, he yeah. did have that pass interference downfield because you can tell he's not that comfortable. Right. I continue to think that when they're healthy, the best aligner for this defense still remains the four down front um, with essentially Styles, Sam, and Tommy at Mike uh, with three corners in the field and then Ransom and Proctor. Yeah, um, I, I think I think I, Styles needs to switch to linebacker almost full time. That's kind of my take. He basically is, but they just like refuse they, to treat it like he's a linebacker. Yeah, and yeah. they still give him too many coverage responsibilities. He doesn't blitz enough. Like that, it's it's weird. Like I I feel like they just need to just a hundred percent. I don't know. Like he is he is a hybrid player that they refuse to embrace as a hybrid player essentially, um, especially when they have him in that nickel spot. I would I would just like to see. I would like to see less Cody Simon and Steel Chambers and more. Um, they're not good. Neither one of them. Yeah, I, I will. I will say Cody Simon played a good game this week. I, I thought he played really. I well. thought Cody had been playing better, but I actually was not very happy with the way he played this week. I, 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 th- um, I thought he was perfectly fine this week, but I, I mean, again, it's yeah. I, I, it, I don't it felt like if you have Tommy Eichenberg uh, and you have a chance to put Sonny Styles on the field at the same time as your two linebackers, like I, I, I it, it, it gets to the point. I think you mentioned it on Twitter. Like you just have to find a way to get your best eleven guys on the field. And I think it's pretty clear that Sonny Styles and Jordan Hancock are among your best eleven guys, and that Tommy or Tommy, I, sorry, that um, Steel Chambers and um, Cody Simon are not. And so, like, it, yeah. it just seems like a, a no-brainer to me. I think you have four linebackers, four safety, and I don't know, man, like five or six defensive linemen who are better players than those two linebackers. Yeah, and it just feels to me like continuing to run them out there. I don't know. It, it, like maybe I'm just nitpicking at a guy I already wasn't very fond of, but it felt like every big run play for that. Uh, the Rutgers running back was, how do you pronounce it? Managai? Uh, That's right. That's right. Yeah. Managai. It, it felt like every time he busted a run, it was because Steel Chambers couldn't get off a block or was out of position and kind of chasing him down. Yeah. Like it felt like he was run fitting terribly. He couldn't tackle very well. Like I just don't know what Steele brings to this team. I don't understand what his value add is. The Which is wild because uh, I thought he was good last year, but it just... I thought he was pretty good last year. I thought he was like the best linebacker the year before that and a bad linebacking core. Yeah. Um, but he just looks out of place. Maybe he's hurt. I don't know, but like... Yeah. We'll never know. We'll never know. The results have been really bad. Um, they just got to do something here, man. They cannot just keep doing the same like hokey pokey with rotating him and Simon in and out while both kind of like Simon never gets a full feel for the game. Steel keeps looking like shit, like either just cut the shit and play Sonny at linebacker, which he essentially already is or, or just start Cody Simon like steel. Just come. We've seen enough, man. It's not working. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, secondary that, I mean... is cool. I'm, I'm good. At the secondary, I'm good. At the defensive line. Yeah. Yep. I think the secondary had some hiccups, but like that's to be expected when you've got what you're missing three first team guys and one first team guy is playing completely out of position. Like that's, I don't know, that's seems to me like it's to be expected. So, um, yeah, Ty Hamilton had probably his best game of his Ohio State career. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, outside um, of that, it was a fine game. Um, I mean, they. Offense didn't come alive until way too late, but I mean, it is what it is. The score looked better than it was, but yeah, kind of a sleepy game overall. I mean, I thought that like that was probably the worst game we've seen Ohio State's defense play this year. Of course, injuries factor into that, and you know, you had a big chunk play and a trick play that matters. That was awesome, but but they did also benefit from the fact that Greg Schiano absolutely did not try to win, that he kicked three field goals inside the 10 yard line. Yeah. Um, the day could have looked worse for the defense if Greg Schiano cared about winning football games and not just staying close. Yeah. Um, or better, because I think I think Greg Schiano yeah. also knew that he he wasn't scoring on this either. Like, Maybe. Like I, I, I mean, I did. I wanted them to go for it because I didn't think there was a shot in hell that they were gonna, uh, that they were gonna get it. That's that's usually my measuring stick. Like I I did not want them to kick those field goals. I wanted them to go for it, and Ohio State was gonna stop it. But anyway. Largely, 
defense bailed out the offense. Offense got going way too late. It was fine. That's kind of the story of the game. Um, now we can talk about the things that really matter. If you you want to get into get into that. Yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, you, um, you know what we need to get into before we get oh, into that? Oh, tell me. We need to get into some fine collegiate apparel known as home field apparel. Um, if you are in the market for some vintage-inspired looks for your favorite college football team, be it Ohio State, Michigan, or anybody else, um, home field apparel has got you covered. And, you know, it is... You're wearing it right now. I'm wearing it right now. It is the comfiest. Um, it is the comfiest college apparel on the planet. It is. Um, I don't know. I just. I. We've we've done this. We've talked about this so many times. I'm running out of like good things to say about this. I can this tell. I, I will company. say. I I had my new bomber jacket in hand for the weekend. I was wearing it around the. I saw. Uh, I saw photos. New York City. Can, can, oh can yeah, that's right. You did. Yeah, I was wearing it around the city um it got some comments I, we went to a i'll tell a little anecdote here after um after the game was over a couple friends in town uh luke and mark of of my of bible of bible fame were coming to visit me um <laughs> uh so i uh we went to we went to the game obviously or we sorry watched the game rather at a bar with some friends and then regrouped for a friend's birthday which was the rock themed unfortunately uh, i did not have time to get a the rock outfit together Damn. so i just wore the jacket out we went to a bar called Sweeties, which is basically like it's a bar themed for white people that graduated high school in between the years of like 2011 and 2015, from as okay. far as I can tell. Yeah, that makes all sense. All that kind of, you know exactly what kind of music I'm talking 100%. about. 100%. You know, like you're, yeah, you're hearing Hotline Bling, you're hearing Panic at the Disco, you're hearing everything else comparable. Like it's, it's, it's everything that know you. Um, it was a good time. But anyway, I had to put the jacket and coat check, and it ended up in the first rung on the coat check hanger. Ooh. Um, and I went to pick it up, and the co-check lady told me, your jacket's been getting complimented all night. Everyone loves that jacket. Yeah, so that's what you the know. people of New York City and the bar sweeties love home field apparel. It's like and you the... can get a sweetie yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I I like the I like the the placement of the jacket too. Like that's how you know you have a nice jacket. It's just like the valets, they park the nice cars out front. It's like, oh, you want to uh -huh. see you want to see the good ones, you know? Um, so so that's how you know. Like when your jacket is nice, it's placed on the first rung at coat check. And if you oh, want yeah. a nice jacket like that, if you have not purchased from Home Field Apparel yet, um, you can use the code Meet at Midfield for fifteen percent off your first order. Coincidentally, that is also our website. Don't know how that happened, but um, the code oh, is wow. Meet Meet at Midfield for fifteen percent off your first order. Famously, it does not work for your fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth order. Um, so if if that's where you're at in life, uh, sorry, we can't help you, but um, if you have not ordered for home field apparel yet and you want to snag one of those awesome jackets, use the code meet at midfield. So, yeah, and it's a lot more than just Ohio State stuff too. I'll add on there really quick. This is obviously an Ohio State podcast, but I'm sure we have some pervert who listens to us who, you know, like didn't go to Ohio State and they're like an Ohio State some, basketball. Or Ohio, we've got yeah, some Michigan yeah. men on here right now too. Probably, probably, probably some Michigan guys, but we're not telling them anything um there are there are some i'm sure there's some like perverted guy who went to bowling green but is like an ohio state basketball kansas or ohio state football kansas basketball fan yeah. uh, they just dropped a sick new kansas bomber jacket today uh great collection coming out there's cincinnati stuff there's xavier stuff a lot of you guys went to other schools in ohio we know um go get some go get some gear uh shirts jackets joggers you guys know the deal Anyway, Kevin, we have we have some gossip to talk about. We have some I, articles. I, I just I want I want to hit you with this first live on the air. If you had to okay. guess the score of Ohio State's season opener against Oakland without looking, oh right no, now, there's there's 57 I, seconds left on the clock. What what do you think the score is? I bet they're down three. No, they are actually up five, but they were down at the half. It is 72 to 67. Yeah. So it looks like they're going to pull it out, but. I just just thought wow, we'd check in on win. our good friend Chris Holtman, friend of the show. <laughs> what is uh, what is Oakland rent like? I don't. What is their net ranking? Um, is that what they use net ranking as their big thing? Yeah, um, but I don't think you they you have a net until you have like a record. Ah, okay. So um, they've got you've hmm. got Ken Palm. Let's 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 pull up the let's Ken Palm for for Ken Oakland ranking. This this is how much we care about basketball. Is we're just like. I mean, listen, yeah. like Ohio State fans aren't going to learn about the basketball team until like mid-January. 
Is this a subscriber only thing? I can only see it on there. Or no, it shouldn't down. be. Um, Oak. Oakland is 271st. Oh, my God. Yeah, that is that is uh, bad. Ohio, Ohio State's 36. The one thing they were picked to be like top three in the Big Ten. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not buying it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll come back to this in about two months, but uh, it's not looking yeah. not looking good for our, our good friend Chris Altman at this point. But and that's shocking because you know it usually does. Yeah. You know who else it's not looking good for? Old Jimmy Harbaugh. Yep, yep. We are in the meat of the show. This is what you all came for. What you asked me earlier? What what headline do you want to tackle first? Um, I guess we can go chronologically. What's what's the one that we woke up to? Uh, what did we wake? Oh, we woke up to the when the suspension's dropping, right? When when the news was coming, is that correct? Um, I believe I... so. Let, let me scroll through. Yeah, that yeah, might, you kind of put me on the spot it. there. You think I know time? I don't yeah, even watch. I didn't. Um, I think <laughs> we had the. Uh... God, I don't even know what hit first. Um, well, first off, I got. I... There's something really annoying about the the people on my timeline that are like days behind. Um, there is somebody hitting me with Ugh. a the the Wall Street Journal report that the Big Ten wasn't going to uh, step in and like said that they weren't going to step in over the NCAA, which just wasn't true. So I had to react to that one. Um, I, I, there, anyway. There's a real problem where there appear to be like like somewhere between ten and twenty Michigan fans just have notifications on and are just replying all the time about how it's still not a violation. Like, brother, we are weeks past that talking. Yeah, you, you need to get come on uh that's that's the most yeah. annoying thing is like all of the people that are like and i'm sure there's going to be like people in like three days that are like oh did you hear that like ryan day is being investigated for whatever like I, god um yeah but, but i guess the, the the first thing that we got was our our good friend of the show pete thamel um he reported uh his tweet says don't expect any action from the big 10 in the michigan sign stealing case for at least the next 48 hours as the league's sportsmanship rules allow for quote a reasonable chance to respond to the institution or individual so that was pretty much confirmation that uh the big 10 was indeed interested in uh you know pursuing kind of that punishment against michigan and we have since gotten like official confirmation that the Big Ten has notified, like formally notified Michigan that essentially these allegations are coming and this punishment is coming to allow Michigan to kind of have a formal response, which is weird to me because it seems like the um, the commissioner of the conference meeting with the president of the university seems like that could be like a, a, a formal conversation in their way to rebuttal. Like it feels like we already did that, but whatever. Um, it feels like that's what's going to be coming in the next two-ish days. So we were thinking, yeah, reasonably, they did it on that Monday. So when, already happened, and it could come up on Monday, but not my problem. We'll figure it out. Yeah, safe money's on Wednesday. Thursday seems possible. Safe money's yeah. on Wednesday. Um, like yeah. I have been, like a Wednesday evening thumbnail drop. Yeah, I think. Here's my. I don't know. We're putting predictions on this or something. My guess is. Based on the like bylaws, right, the Big Ten commissioner has the authority to level a suspension in the interim while he waits for the uh, JGEC yeah. to approve it. I think we get two-game interim suspension while the JGEC goes to approve it. Um, it's going to include Harbaugh. I don't think it's going to include a Big Ten postseason ban. I don't think it's going to include coordinators yet. Um, yeah, that might wait until later. But I, like I can say from some sources with firsthand knowledge that they're, I think people who are thinking this is just the Harbaugh thing are not on the money on this. I think they're like from what I'm hearing, it's like there is some direct stuff tying this to Minter and more. Um, the NCAA did share its findings today, a different article from Ross Dellinger with Michigan, noting that. They have not yet found a direct link to Jim Harbaugh. It did not include any other names. They have may or may not have found a direct link to. Which doesn't matter, um, to be fair, to be clear. Doesn't I matter love, at all. I love that Michigan fans were like trumping that out there. It's like, see, Harbaugh isn't implicated. It's like, well, that that doesn't matter. Like, you you should be concerned whether or not they found links to other staffers because yeah, Jim Harbaugh is going to be the, culpable either way. Well, as always, they have their army of like Twitter, lawyer Twitter, you know, people 
who are trying to tell us because the the, co- the coach culpability thing is not a specific part of the Big Ten bylaws that it won't be impacted here. They, they can't suspend GM if they don't have a direct link to GM for the NCAA investigation, yeah, yada, can. yada, which, uh, yeah, they can. Uh, <laughs> like, will it hold up in a court of law? I don't know. We're going to find out, but they're going to try. I, I can tell you right now they're going to try. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, I think I, my stance remains the same. He's cooked, right? He's cooked. It's over. I don't think he's going to coach again uh, this season. I think that's all done. Um that's my official stance and I'm sticking to it. I think the fact that he is like, they're putting out these oppo dumps now, like there was the, which are horrible, which are just bad. Yeah. The one to Larry Lage is one anonymous staff, or I can, I should probably pull the actual article here. It's a, a former employee at a big 10 football program said Monday, it was his job to steal signs. And he was given details from multiple conference schools before his team played Michigan to compile a spreadsheet of play calling signals used by the Wolverines last year. He spoke with the Associated Press, the condition of anonymity, um, fearing the disclosures could impact his coaching career. Uh, the employees said he shared with Michigan the documents which showed the Wolverine signs and corresponding plays after his school faced the Jim Harbaugh led program in 2022. The person also passed along screenshots of text message exchanges with staffers from a handful of Big Ten football teams with Michigan, giving the program proof that other conference teams were colluding to steal signs for Michigan. Um, he said he gave the additional details to Michigan last week because he hoped it would help Harbaugh's embattled program, adding he believes the head coach and his assistants are being unfairly blamed for the actions of a rogue staffer. Um, <laughs> there's some other stuff in here, but that's the core of it. Uh, there are two people this is being pointed to by everyone on Twitter. Um, the first is is Joe Bolden, who's a former Michigan linebacker who spent a little bit of time at Ohio State. But and to be fair, I did say his name. Um that's my bad. That was not right. Uh, he was not in the Big Ten last year to have that. It does it, it does seem like it was a guy named Greg Froelich, uh, who is the special teams analyst for Illinois, is the new one everyone's pointing to. Yeah. Um, he, uh, he was a special teams running backs analyst at Michigan from 2017 to 2020, joined Illinois for 2021 and 2022, and is still there. Um, my money's on him. <laughs> yeah that makes sense. that is uh but, but look the, i don't think it matters at all yeah, yeah that's the thing is like the the big oppo here is like oh all of these programs legally steal science like that's that's basically what they're saying which like i don't know it's it, you see all the michigan people who are like oh now you're moving the goalposts it's like well no like this has always been legal and the thing that connor stallions was doing was always illegal i don't like i it, it doesn't it doesn't change anything um so i don't know that was bizarre um yeah they're they're trying to pin it as this also counts as advanced scouting because if you had coaches from a different team uh going to an opponent's games meaning coaching against them and then yeah, sharing information that accounts yeah, to advanced no shit, scouting, you had to go to the game that you were coaching yeah, it doesn't work that way. One, it, does, it certainly doesn't work that way. I think the bigger thing everyone's pointing to is that it could be attempt to mitigate the punishment to show actually the advantage we had wasn't that big because other teams had our signs too. Yeah. Um, I don't think that people... Michigan is not going to get banned for this or going to get in trouble for this because of how much of a competitive advantage it was or wasn't. It's because of the flagrancy and expansiveness of their efforts to gain the advantage. Um, the actual advantage itself to me is not ultimately that big of a deal. Um, I do think it's significant. Uh, I also doubt like how accurate this report is. Like it's a single guy who used to coach at Michigan and clearly has affiliations for Michigan to a single source for writer Ann Arbor that was already submitted. It appears last week to the big 10 NCAA in Michigan, which means, they already have this information and have still proceeded ahead with this They've anyway. Had it for a week, too. Yeah. This is a dumb to attempt to like spin it in the media narrative, which I don't think anyone's going to fall for, unless you're as dumb as like Stu Mandela is or something. Um, I don't think anyone serious is going to fall for this. Um, it doesn't matter. It just it's not re- it's not a violation. It's not relevant. It doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I keep coming back to. Yeah, yeah, and at, again, like you're you're hitting on the timing too. I think like the timing's really important because like if the NCAAs had, or, and the Big Ten have had this for a week and it's already factored into the discussions that they had with uh, Michigan President, President Santa Ono and um, like their consideration of their penalty right now, like 
this coming out right now literally changes nothing because like it's already being factored into the decision. So I don't know. Um, that it was it was a very it was low key and even weaker uh, oppo dump than the one that happened last week. So um, very very bizarre. Um, speaking of oppo dumps, this one was weird to me too. I don't think this has been properly addressed. Uh, that email that was leaked, the letter from uh, um, President Santana. Yeah, like everybody, the narrative around that letter was that he met with the big 10 like this is this is how you would you would how they're framing how this letter went down that michigan met with the big 10 michigan was given these kind of allegations and then santa ono put out this letter that said like basically fuck you we're not participating with your investigation or anything like that that yeah. is not what happened this letter if you actually read was sent before santa ono met with the big 10 it was simply asking him, before we meet, I want to make sure that we go through due process or whatever. So all of those reports that everybody was reading about how the Big Ten presented more information than Santa Ono knew previously, or um, you know, kind of the narrative changed as soon as the meetings went in, or that the Big Ten came in way more aggressive than Michigan was expecting, like all of those things, those can still be true because that letter was sent before those meetings happened. And so I think just the narrative that like Santa Ono is like, ready to just like go out there and defend his coach really strongly. Like that might be true to a point, but it's not true because of that letter. Correct. Yeah. hundred percent. correct. Um, the letter to me is just, it's nothing. It's saber rattling. Like, like, yeah. look, I'm sure Michigan will try to get an injunction. Why wouldn't they? Like, it's clear that on all of this, right. Michigan strategy top to bottom is to do whatever they can to keep Jim Harbaugh and the team on the field to be able to win a national championship. That is the effort these guys are going through. It's their best team of generation. Uh, this is a program that doesn't get cracked at national championships very often. It's not as serious as the Blue Bloods. They don't care about football as much. Um, they they don't have that many chances to be good because they don't love the game. Uh, and <laughs> I think that <laughs> I think that like that nature is characterizing their response to this. That because they they don't have the goods that frequently, they need to maximize the last chance they get. So. Yeah, I bet they will try for an injunction. Um, I bet they'll try to get this stopped. I bet they'll try to claim the Big Ten didn't follow due process or that, you know, the uh, evidence doesn't point to the clear violations or whatever. But uh, again, it, like they have clear authority to interpret their own rules. Like it, it's not, yeah, this is not a it court would, of law. It would be very funny to me if the injunction just isn't granted. Like it'd be, it'd be so funny to me after all of this, like everyone's just assuming that like Michigan's going to get granted this injunction. Like, I think it's perfectly plausible and I'm sure they're going to find some judge that's going to do it, whatever, like, but it's also perfectly plausible that a judge goes, wait, you mean you signed this document saying this and they're following it and you're complaining that it's not fair. Like, what, what do you want me to do? Like that, like, yeah, that seems like a reasonable response to me. Uh, I agree. Obviously, and I'm sure you and I are both, you know, using motivated reasoning here. We both obviously 100%. have an intended outcome we want, but yeah, to me, it doesn't make much sense either. I think like the questions they're raising are not small enough to impact the. It's not small enough to like to impact the punishment, and I think I think more than that, like it just raises the question of, can any conference ever punish a team ever again if that works exactly. Like and, and like like the, the, <laughs> the thing is like people are saying due process like what do you think due process is because the due process is outlined in the Big Ten sportsmanship policy and there's nothing to indicate so far that the Big Ten is not following their due process. I think people just think that the due process means that they have to wait on the NCAA investigation, which is not true. The Big Ten and the NCAA Correct. are completely different entities. The Big Ten can offer whatever suspension it wants. The NCAA can offer whatever punishment it wants. You know, they don't have to be like the same thing. And you've seen that like there have been plenty of occasions when the Big Ten has stepped in beforehand and punished a player that like before there was any sort of NCAA allegation against the player. Um, obviously, this isn't the exact same scenario, but like the Big Ten punished Noah Spence. It wasn't the NCAA who came in and drug tested Noah Spence like it was the Big Ten who came in and did it. Um, like there's several occasions where the big 10 punishes players or coaches or something like that without the NCAA doing it. So why would it be any different now? Like the big 10 has like its own authority, um, you know, the same way that like, I don't know, it's, it's, it's almost like 
state government versus federal government. Like just because the federal government exists doesn't mean the state government has to just wait for the federal government to do whatever it's doing to, you know, like you can sure, still get sure. arrested by a, a state trooper. You don't have to wait for the yeah. FBI. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that all of the legalese on this stuff is just going, it forgets the fact that like, there's only one person deciding. And like, yeah. sure, it, it, like, are they going to be influenced by the fact that if they do this wrong, there could be some massive legal battle? Yeah, they don't want to deal with that, right? They don't, they don't want to pay out that money uh, for billable hours. They don't want to deal with all that shit. But any punishment they levy against Jim Harbaugh at all is going to be challenged by Michigan. There's also the reports that indicate that basically, like, and I don't know how much I buy these, but that, like, you know, the Big Ten is going to respond to, like, Michigan threatening to sue by being more aggressive. The idea of, like, okay, well, if you want to fuck yeah. us and try to drag up dirt and everyone else in the conference uh like that we're it's going to be uglier for you i don't know how much i buy that it seems pretty unlikely to me i don't think they're going to get into that kind of like you know spiteful fight i've also seen alternative theories that i think uh bud elliott retweeted this from their poster i forget who it was that uh if the big ten suspends jim harbaugh for two games and a judge grants an injunction and the big ten doesn't fight it that hard it gives the perception of oh the Big Ten did something like the members requested, yeah. and Michigan still gets to keep playing out of season. And everyone kind of goes away semi happy, but uh, I don't think that's going to fly. I also think the Big Ten people like look all the schools are motivated against Michigan. Obviously true. I don't think the Big Ten is very happy with this either. From my understanding of what's going down within yeah. the Big Ten, I, I have a couple of folks inside there. Um, the Big Ten has become more insistent about this as well. There's still new information they're uncovering. There's more investigations going on, including a couple of things that have not been public yet that are pretty interesting. And I think that people are going to be surprised by what else comes out. Like, there are people already, you know, spiking the football over uh, the ML reports that they didn't find the smoking gun yet, which doesn't matter if it's NCAA. Um, and, like, it's also forgetting that it's, like, week two and a half of a, you know, several-month investigation uh, I think Michigan is going to get hit very harshly. My stance has not changed. It's just not just what I'm saying. I think that we always had to expect there'd be like a Michigan oppo dump back, some kind of pushback, but I don't think it changes the core of this at all. I think Michigan's getting nailed to the wall. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's true too. Um, I think the the other thing that we need to address too is the insane and reckless reports that Ryan Day was the oh boy was the source of the like listen like we we have had I think we have had more information on this than most people have had um, in terms of just like knowing what we knew pretty for for a long time about this clearly not being Ryan Day as much as we would have liked that to be the truth to be clear like I would have loved Ryan Day to have been the guy that single handedly brought down that hired his brother his PI brother to bring down the Michigan football program. That'd be the coolest thing he's done since he's been head coach, like to be clear. Um, but like that defies all logic and everything that we've known. Um, but somehow people have been insisting that this is true. Um, there've been a lot of Michigan, somewhat reputable Michigan writers that have just been parroting this narrative um, or even this theory, like completely baselessly. Um, I guess the only thing that they had is that Ryan Day's brother is a PI. I, I don't know. Um, but it's yeah. not true. Um, I guess it was Dellinger, right, that came out with the report? Yeah, I said it was just entirely false. Um, that the Big Ten and people, they have no reason to believe that. There's no connection. They have no evidence of this. Michigan presented them with none. Like, if you had that, if you're Michigan, you've already met with the league. If you have that information, it's the first thing you share. Yeah. Uh, I think all they're trying to throw down on is, like, who paid for it. And we don't know who paid for it. Or at least I don't know. I do know what the firm is. I know who runs the firm. I don't know who gave the guy the money to do this. Uh, From what? But I think we can say this. I think it was a, a lot of money, too. It's a From very expensive firm. Like, yes. like way more than like Ryan Day could afford. And Ryan Day is a, a handsomely paid man. I think it's it's considerably more than you would reasonably think that Ryan Day would be comfortable. Like, And, and it's the level of firm that works with like major U.S like law agencies, like federal ones. Yes. Uh, these are not the kind of people who like do, <laughs> not that I have any great love affair for the police, but like generally a third party firm working with them is not going to be asked to do a, a, like illegal hacking to obtain information. Like I think the idea of like question how the information is obtained or who paid for it is a complete dead end. 
And I assume to me is the first fucking question simply asked whenever these people prevent them with the information, right? Like it's the right. first thing they asked. They are not proceeding with this. They think it's from illegal info uh, right. or from illegal means. Like this is something that Michigan, for some reason, thinks it has the goods on because of a fucking idiot and Chris Ballas, who I do love. I do love that Chris Ballas is around. It's great to see him do this stuff. Um, yeah, man. Like, look, every new narrative is just getting pushed back on every day. Like, they have a new line in the sand every day, and they keep having to retreat and retreat and retreat. And the same thing's going to happen with all the new shit, too. None of it's sticking. None of it's working. They're cooked. Yeah. That's I, it. I, like they're cooked. I, I, yeah. I love that this was supposed to be the big like oppo day too. And like everyone, the the blue anon people have been like, oh, you know, here it is. This this is gonna be a really interesting day. And it wasn't. Like they nothing happened. So I don't know. Jack um, shit. Yeah, maybe uh, uh maybe we'll get more. Um we'll see. We're gonna find out. Um, uh, but I think it's going to be relatively, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. My, my instinct is it's kind of quiet tomorrow, and then it pops off on Wednesday. Yeah, I could definitely. I don't know. That. Do you buy that? Do you think tomorrow's a busy day? I don't think tomorrow's going to be a busy day. I, I think this is a day, like like you said, I, I think I think reading between the lines on a, on a few things, I think... Um, I think Wednesday will be a bigger, bigger day, Wednesday or Thursday. Um, but all in all, I think it is very funny that all of this is happening while Michigan is preparing for its biggest game of the year, too, against Penn State. And the line is dropping. Yeah. 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 I, I think, I think uh, it is, it is very funny. And like now, I don't know how much to read into this, but you have definitely seen the posts that are like, huh, it's very funny that Michigan played one of its worst games of the season against a, a terrible Purdue team, um, you know, after all of these allegations dropped and they couldn't steal signs or whatever. Like I, that is, that is certainly interesting, but um, it's going to be really interesting if uh, they go and look like shit against Penn state, even if they lose or even if they win, yeah. like, I don't know, man. It's, I still have no faith in James Franklin, but I, I would love to see it. I don't either, but it would be, it would be tremendously funny if they just went up there and completely shit the bed. Like, that is, I, I have said this from the very beginning, the funniest possible scenario to me would be that Michigan just gets to play out the rest of the season, but just looks like complete shit the rest of the season, completely validates all of the rest yeah. of the, all of the narratives. Goes like, down I, to, yeah. I would prefer them to like sell their souls to keep Jim Harbaugh on the field, and then they get their ass kicked by Penn State and Ohio State, and that's just it. It'd be so funny. Yeah. It'd be great. It'd be perfect. And then they get hammered um, in the offseason by the NCAA when the actual investigation concludes and due process buries them. That's that's yes, that's my that's dream ideal. Scenario. Yeah, it'd rock. I uh yeah, I mean look, I want the program dead and buried, right? I want them to go 0 and 12 every year forever. That is my stated desire for Michigan. I, I will never waver from that. I never wanted to win a game ever. Like I, I want blood. Obviously, I want blood on this. I'm I have motivated reasoning. I haven't I haven't and Uh, uh, Michigan, uh, or maybe college football ever. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know if anything else. I think that's probably like all we got. Like, yeah, I, 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 uh, I guess that is, I, I don't think this is the calm before the storm. Like we are, we're in the eye right now. We've had yeah, a we, lot that's come. There's a lot more coming. Right now we're kind of in the eye, just waiting for Wednesday. Yeah. I, I think that's kind of where we're at. Hopefully nothing pops tomorrow because that'd be a nice sweet spot for our podcast to live in. Um otherwise you never want to publish a podcast that's invalid immediately after popping it off. But um Yeah. I did have folks tell me they've been re-listening to our podcast with DJ. They've been going back I, I've heard that multiple too. times. I've heard that yeah. too. <laughs> oh man, we'll have to get him on again for Wednesday if uh He's the Patriots come. He's pretty busy on his own today. I don't know if you've been following his uh, <laughs> his campaign. I, I knew the whole scheme for like the past few months. He would text me and be like, "Hey, <laughs> what would a pastor say to to this?" And I'd give him some scripture or something to like 
quote to Frank Rose. If you if you have not if you have not uh, been keen on what DJ was doing, basically he catfished the Ohio Secretary of State, pretending to be Pastor Matthews out of Tip City, um, and it's every bit as funny as you think he, it could be. He basically got named the Miami Valley uh, campaign captain for Frank LaRose's um, campaign. So, man, all in all, very funny. Um, if, if you're wondering what DJ does when he's not screaming about Michigan on this podcast, uh, it's it's everything that you could expect and more. So um, plug our friend. You can go read his work over it. You can find him at, at The Rooster on Twitter, and it is just fabulous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and for us, again, go to midfield.com. We got, I'm sure, a big one popping off Wednesday. Um, yeah, subscribe to midfield. And, and Kevin, do you want to sign us out for the week? Yeah, go Bucks. Michigan sucks and help is on the way.